You are listening to the Murray Hills Church Podcast. To learn more about Murray Hills Church, including our gathering times and how to connect with us, visit us online at murrayhills.com. I, I, I always, uh, I get, early when I was in ministry, I used to dread this Sunday because it was a holiday Sunday, and preachers sometimes get a little too focused on numbers. You know what I mean? Like preachers worry about how many people's in the room, and on holiday Sundays, it's like, oh, there's not going to be a lot of people here, and that kind of thing. And so it would always worry me. But I've come to really appreciate these Sundays because we always have a lot of new people on holiday weekends. And uh, since there's less people here, I have an opportunity to meet them. So I've actually met, I think, at least four families that are new uh, this morning. And there's probably more online that we haven't got to meet yet, but uh, Ebony is our, Ebony or Tracy, we got some, we got an online host team now. So please identify yourself in the comments and somebody there will, uh, will say hello to you. But it's, uh, if this is your first time at Murray Hills, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We're really uh, excited to have you and hope that you are encouraged and uplifted by the things that, that you hear and see and participate in today. We're in a study of the Sermon on the Mount. So we've been moving through uh, the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 6 today, and we're going to start reading in verse 25. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And the way we've been doing this series is we read the text, and we talk about it. So let's read the text. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Last um, Tuesday, we were at the dotted line for a staff lunch. And we just restarted those. So you talk about all these changes with COVID. One of the changes that we had is that our staff stopped going to lunch together and stopped riding in the same car together and stopped meeting in each other's offices and we only met in big rooms spaced out and all that kind of stuff because we were doing all that stuff and some of our staff got COVID and we had to adjust our practices. But one of the things that we did away with was the staff lunch. And what we do is we meet every Tuesday morning at 1030. We meet for about an hour and a half, sometimes two if I'm really talkative, and uh, then we go to lunch together. And I've always said to the staff, the lunch is just as important as the meeting because the lunch, I mean, just being able to hang out together and spend some time with one another and connect with one another, that, I mean, that's super important. And a lot of times, we, more comes out of the lunch than comes out of the meeting. Like something is, happens at lunch that like, wow, yes, that's a great idea. Let's run with that. And this week, the sermon came out of the lunch, and it was uh, thanks to Tammy Coates, our children's minister. 
And we were just having a conversation. I was just asking Tammy about how children's ministry is going. And I said, hey, are you guys having enough time on Sundays? Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, I haven't been preaching very long the last two or three weeks. Like it's, they've been, normally it's like 25 to 30 minutes. Sometimes it goes a little longer than that. But the last few weeks, it's been more around 20 minutes. And so I said, are y'all having enough time? Because we dismiss the kids right before the sermon. And she said, well, not really. Like, we could use some more time. Like, we're, it's, it's a struggle. To, like, we could use some more time. Maybe what we want to start doing is dismissing just a little bit earlier in the service. But not yet. Let's, let's get through the summer and see how that goes because we're still kind of rebuilding things. And so let's, let's don't make any changes yet. But, but we might want to dismiss a little bit early because we would like to have a little bit more time. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not trying to preach shorter sermons. That's not intent. I'm just... It's, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, and there's just not that much to say about it because it's like Jesus says it all. Like, you just read it and do, like, it's just like, you know, read it and do what he says. And uh, so we started talking about, like, the word. I said, like, this week is worry, and I don't, I'm not going to talk that long about worry because how can you talk that long? I mean, just read what Jesus said. Jesus said, I tell you, don't worry. So don't worry. If the, if the maker of the universe says, don't worry, I got this, then don't worry. So there's the message. Don't worry. Done. You know, and she did the same thing. She kind of laughed. She said, if only it was that easy. <laughs> if only it was that easy. And I said, I know, it's not that easy. And she said, you know what's not that easy? Because we all like to be in control. And I said, you just preached my message. That's the sermon, Sunday. That's what we're going to talk about Sunday. Because she's 100% right. The reason we struggle to follow Jesus' teaching on worry is because or the reason we all struggle with anxiety on some level, and all of us do at different points in our lives, we struggle with anxiety. Maybe it's, we struggle with it all the time. Maybe it's a low-grade anxiety. Maybe it's a call the therapist, I got to see him again uh, type of anxiety. But all of us struggle with this. All of us struggle with anxiety and worry. And the reason we struggle with it has a lot to do with our control issues. And we all have control issues. Don't look at your spouse right now. So, some of us have worse control issues than others, so don't, like, don't, no, ju- this is a judgment-free zone here, but uh, we all have control issues, and so the, the reason we have a lot of worry is because there's a lot of things we can't control, a lot of things, just about everything, but don't tell that to people who have control issues, because they, they live in, you know, I'm talking, I'm one of these people, okay, so we live in a fantasy world, like, we can control a lot of the stuff that we actually can't control. And the immediate example I thought of when Tammy mentioned that was flying versus driving. Okay, like, and I don't know how you guys are. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any anxiety about driving. Zero. I'll get in the car. I got in the car to come here. I'll get in the car to go home. You know, I don't have any trouble when it comes to driving. When it comes to flying, I've, I've got kind of a low-grade anxiety when it comes to flying. It used to be a high-grade anxiety. And it's thanks to my mom. She's probably watching online right now. But um, it's her fault. Sorry, Mom. But she had a high-grade anxiety, and she kind of, I inherited that, that anxiety. And it's gotten better over the years because I've tried to, like, research. There's, like, websites you can go to to help you. Like, I've tried to, like, read stuff that pilots have written about how safe flying is and all the equipment things they do. And turbulence used to be when my anxiety would spike. And they're like, it's just like driving down a bumpy road. You know, you drive, you don't get nervous when you drive a bumpy road. It's just fly, you know, the plane's not going to fall. And so it was, like, there was a lot of fear or a lot of anxiety and worry when it came to flying, but nothing when it came to driving. And you've all seen the statistics. We're much safer um, flying than we are driving. 
There's, I mean, like, there's, there's much, much, much more accidents that happen on the road that happen in the air. And so I know the answer. I know, like, I, I understand how it works. And I also understand, like, from personal experience. Because I've been in five times as many wrecks on the road as I have in the air. And one of them nearly cost me a lot of life. And it's like, well, why? why? So why am I nervous? Why do I have anxiety when I fly versus when I drive? And the reason is because of control. I feel in control when I drive. And I, I emphasize the word feel because we're not really in control when we drive. We're in control of the wheel and we're in control of pressing the gas, but we're not really in control. I mean, you start thinking about this morning driving to church, I was thinking about all the ways that we're not in control while we're driving. Because I can't control if the person in front of me, how they're going to respond. I can't control if the person behind me hits the brakes in times. I can't control if they pay attention to a light changing colors and whether or not they're going to honor the light when it says red and they're going to stay there. I can't control whether or not they're sober. I can't control whether or not they got enough sleep the night before. And I am going 70 miles an hour passing within 10 feet of another half ton hunk of metal. And I can't control if they stay on their side of the line or not. So now I've just given you multiple reasons to have a lot of anxiety about driving, right? But, I mean, but we feel, the reason, we're, we feel in control when we drive. So, th therefore, we don't have a lot of anxiety about that. When we fly, we know we're not in control. We know we're totally at the mercy of pilot, equipment, whatever. We, I can't fly, you know, so we know we're not in control when we fly. So what I got to thinking about, and this was kind of my analytical brain breaking down Tammy's quip at the dotted line was this chart right here there's an inverse relationship when it comes to control and worry okay the 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 less we can control the more we worry the more we can control the less we worry but as, as control goes down worry goes up this is the economics of worry as control goes down Worry goes up. And I'll give you a couple other examples, and then we're going to talk about how to deal with this. But I'll give you a really easy one right now. Kids. So when your kids are toddlers, they're more on the, the left-hand side of that chart. Like when they're babies and toddlers. And I know some of you, there's a lot of babies this morning. I saw them, and you're like, what are you talking about? I worry about my baby all the time. I worry about what they're going to eat and what they're going to stick things in the light socket and if they can get into the cabinets and if they get out of the house. and if they, I mean, I, there's, I worry about them all the time. Um, Trust me, you got a lot more control now. Okay? Uh, so I know you're like, you, you mean my worry's gonna spike? Yes, because the older your kids get, the less control you have. You start sending them to school and they spend eight hours with people that you don't know exactly what's going on there. You got a little bit of idea, you got a little bit of trust, but you, they get a driver's license and you don't know exactly where they are. You got the Life 360 app, which my parents never had. Thank you. But, um, but so you can keep up with them a little bit. You kind of have a little bit of an idea where they are, but man, they can outsmart that thing if they need to. And so, like, and then when they turn 18, as my daughter recently did, like the older your kids get, the less control you have. It just, it, just, it just incrementally goes down. You don't always know where they are. You don't always know who they're talking to. You don't always know what they're doing. You don't always know what decisions they're making. And, and, you just, and the worry starts to spike. My daughter gets onto me. 
and she's probably watching right now too. She, my daughter gets on to me, and she's like, Dad, you don't have to wait up on me because we always have a fight Saturday night because I like to go to bed early on Saturday night because I got to get up and preach on Sunday morning. Saturday night's when she wants to stay out late, and so we're always fighting about curfew on Saturday night. She's like, you do not have to stay up. Just, I can lock the garage door. I can turn off the lights and lock the garage door. You do not have to stay up on me. And I was like, young lady, I am staying up. And I'm going to sit right here in this chair because that's what my mama did. I mean, that's what her grandmama did. And that's what her great-great-grandmama did when they were driving the horses home. I'm going to sit right here in this chair and I'm going to wait on you to get home. And yes, if you're a minute past curfew, I'm going to start worrying. And if it's 10 minutes or 5 minutes, and I'm going to start worrying. Like every minute past, I'm going to worry all the more. And when you get home, I'm going to pretend like I haven't been checking Life360 and I totally trust you. But I'm going to sit here and worry. And that's what happens. And you start, like if they don't answer your text, you know how, how easily you can go down the anxiety wormhole? And this is like with spouses or anybody, any kind of family. But like you text them and they don't answer your text. And you go, what, 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 where are they? And you call them and they don't answer your call. And what's, what's going on? I mean, and they, you can just, man, the worry, the, the less you can control. Because what happens in those moments is you're reminded of how little control you have. <laughs> you're reminded. Of, and when we're reminded of how little control we have, the worry spikes. One more example, your health. Like all of us have had something. If you live long enough, you will have a health scare, right? Everybody's going to have one at some time. So most of us have had some type of health scare, something weird. We start feeling weird. Something starts, it's going on. We don't understand it. We go to the doctor and they're like, oh, this kind of bothers me a little bit. Maybe we ought to order an ultrasound or something. And like, it just, the, 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 the more that, you know, that we're going to run some tests and we'll get back to you. While you're waiting on the test, what are you reminded of? How little control you have. How it, I mean, it just, it can go like that. How little control you have. And, the, and the, the more we feel out of control, the more that worry starts to spike. And we realize like we're totally at the mercy of uh, the medical establishment and our doctor. And we just start to worry about that. And the doctor says, don't consult outside advice. Don't ask Dr. Google uh, what these symptoms are indicative of, and, but, and we can't help it. We, what do we do? We Google the symptoms, and every headache's a brain tumor, and you know, every runny nose is COVID, and I, I mean, you just, it just, it scares us to death, and our worry spikes. And we could talk about finances, and we could talk about marriage, and we could talk about uh, family relations. I mean, you, we could just keep, you could talk about your jobs. We could talk about all kinds of things where this this relationship between control and worry takes place. My question is, what do we do about it? Like, how do we stop that? <laughs> how, how do we gain some kind of, there I go again. How do we get control of our worry? You know, how can I control this? How can I, how can we, how can I not worry so much? Because Jesus tells me not to worry. And so we go to the text and like, man, well, Jesus got some great lines there. Uh, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Yeah, yeah, amen. Um, or, you know, why, don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But how does that help me? Like, how, do I, how do I practically apply that? And Jesus talks about clothes and birds and, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's the maker of the universe saying, I got this. Just relax. And I, I, how? How do I do it? I, I want to offer a... A suggestion to you. I got an idea. At least uh, one of the ways that I've tried to do it, and I'm not, I'm not perfect in this at all, but it's one of the ways that I've tried to do this to apply what Jesus is talking here. And if you think about it, can you put that chart back up real quick, uh, Noah? What Jesus is talking about, if you could take, uh, 
well, this, that's going to be too confusing for me. No, take that chart down. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't think that on my, on my feet like that this morning. What Jesus is talking about is trust. And there's an inverse relationship between trust and worry. You understand? Like, like so as our trust increases, our worry decreases. Or vice versa. So what, what Jesus is asking us to do, and this is a very hard ask. What Jesus is asking his disciples to do is, trust me. Trust me. If I took care of the birds, I'll take care of you. If I take care of the flowers of the field, I'll take care of you. Just trust me. And, and it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing for us to do because trust requires letting go of control. That's what trust requires. <laughs> and, and we all have control issues. And that's, you know, like Tammy said at lunch, the reason we worry is because we all want control. And I would say, well, the reason we struggle to trust is because... We all want control. And I thought of the old preacher story. You guys have heard this one probably, but it was the guy that, you know, that he falls off the cliff and he grabs onto the, the branch. You heard that story. He falls off a cliff and he grabs onto the branch and he's like, he's stuck. He's in, there's, he had, there's no way out of this. And he's just hanging on for dear life and he starts crying out for help and nobody answers. And he starts saying, is anybody up there? Anybody, please, Lord, Jesus, please, please. You know, like when you're in desperate straits, that's why, you know, there's no atheist in foxholes. You've heard that whole thing. You know, like when you're in desperate straits, you call out to God. Even if people who philosophically struggle with the existence of God. When they have a health scare, they call out to God. When their kids are, you know, going in a direction that they don't want them to see, they call out to God. And this guy, he, he's cleaning this branch and just call, please, God, please, if you're up there, God, if you're up there, God, please. And the voice of the Lord answers him, like out of the darkness. The voice of the Lord says, I'm here. He says, please, please help me out of this. What can I do? What can I do? And the Lord says, let go. And so he's quiet for a little bit and he goes, is there anybody else up there? Anybody else that can help me? You know that, but that's what God asked us to do. That's trust. That's faith. That's that's Peter getting out of the boat and walking on the water. He asked us to let go. Put your keep your eyes on me and let go, and trust me. So here's one of the ways that I've tried uh, to apply this. It's going to something that Paul said because I always kind of look at like I look at the teachings of Jesus and then I end up going to somebody like Paul or Peter thinking, well, those guys are kind of wrestling with how do we apply the teachings of Jesus? Because Jesus just said, don't worry. So how do I apply that to real life? And here's one of the places I think Paul applies this. It's Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 6. You can throw that one up for me, Noah. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So what Paul says is, pray. Just pray. Don't be anxious. Pray. And you say, so, well, how does that help me? Well, it helps because prayer reminds us that we're not in control. Because when, we, when we're praying, we're reminded that there is a higher power at work in the universe, and we ain't it. We ain't him. Okay, so it reminds us that I mean, prayer is meant to humble us and remind us that there is a God who is in control of the universe, and we are yielding to him. So that's one of the ways that, that prayer does it. Um, the other thing is I think prayer takes our focus off of ourselves. And here's one of the ways that I've tried to change the way I pray in, in response to that. We'll go back to, to verse 6 in response to this. Like, don't be anxious about anything but present prayer and petition. So what I've tried to do is to pray less for outcome and more for mindset. 
And, uh, and I know we, we all pray for outcomes. So like when we're in a desperate situation, when we're hanging by the limb and we don't know what to do, uh, we pray for outcome, right? We, we pray, you know, when I'm flying, I pray that God, please bring this plane down to the ground, you know, safely. Uh, please, you know, be with the pilots, be with the equipment, and, and please bring this. I pray for an outcome. If it's my health scare and they're doing a, you know, ultrasound on my thyroid or whatever, God, please let this be nothing. Let this be okay. Uh, I pray for a good outcome. Okay, and that's good. You can pray for outcomes. We, that's, we're going to pray for outcomes. But don't forget to pray for mindset as well. And the, what the difference is, the mindset is, regardless of the outcome, help me to have a peace of mind about this. So, so while I'm flying, I, I will add this prayer to it. So the, the first prayer is, you know, help, help us get there safely. That's the outcome prayer. The mindset prayer is, and just give me a peace of mind as we fly today. Just give me a peace of mind that things are going to be okay. And, and every, just, just, just be with me. Help, you know, this, that, you see the difference between that prayer, mindset prayer and the outcome prayer is, the outcome prayer is fix it. And the mindset prayer is fix me. So when, when you, with its health scare, you know, I, I'm praying for a good outcome, but regardless of what happens, regardless of what the next few days, months, years hold, give me peace of mind about this. Help me to not be anxious about this. Or I'm praying for my finances, you know, regardless of what happens. or Because guess what? We can't control. Guess what we can't control? The future. We can control little pieces of it. Like there's a, there's, we got a little bit of control over all those things I mentioned. We got a little bit of control, but for the large part, we, we, we can't, we don't control it. And so I'm praying that regardless of what happens, regardless of where this journey of life takes me, just give me peace of mind. Help, whatever the outcome, give me, give me peace of mind. And guess what? And I, guess what? The very next verse. What Paul says. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but with, with everything, prayer and petition, present your request to God. And then look what he says will happen. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we're praying for. So that's the, that's the shift I'm going to encourage you. Like if, if you're struggling with worry or struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with control issues, the shift is start praying for the peace of God to guard your heart and mind. You keep praying for outcomes. I couldn't tell you to stop praying for outcomes. We're going to do that naturally. But start praying that the peace of God would guard your heart and mind. And it's a peace that doesn't make any sense. It's a peace we can't even wrap our minds around. And you've seen it in other people's lives when they're facing a very significant crisis in a relationship or health or whatever. And you're like, why are they so peaceful about this? I do not understand it. Well, they don't understand it either. Because it's this, this, it transcends understanding, this peace of God that's guarding their hearts and minds. And so maybe that kind of prayer helps us apply the things that Jesus says about don't worry. Because what, what does Jesus, he, he sneaks in a verse in the middle of all this teaching on worry. And we, we pull it out of context all the time. We quote it all the time out of context. But chapter 6 verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God. That's not a verse about priorities. That's a verse about worries. So Jesus is basically saying, just put your eyes on me. Focus on me and the peace of God that transcends all, all, all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Let me pray for that. And uh, I'll tell you what's coming next. Okay, let's pray. Father, this is, a, this is a teaching that's very easy to stand up on the stage and give. 
but when we're in the, the throes of worry or anxiety, it's very hard to receive because uh, it's very easy to tell somebody that's having a lot of anxiety, hey, just calm down, relax, everything's going to be fine. It's very easy to, to, to say that to somebody. When we're the ones having it, it's very difficult to hear it. So I, I'm acknowledging that uh, in this prayer that uh, I pray that it's not my words that sink in, but it's your words, it's the words of your son that may sink into to the hearts and minds of those that need to hear him the most this morning. And I pray that uh, what your son has said and the words that have been preserved in the scriptures are encouraging to them and give them some hope that there is uh, peace on the other side of this worry. And that there is trust on the other side of this. So I just pray that you be with anybody that's, that's hearing me today, whether they're in the room or they're watching online right now and they're dealing with a lot of anxiety in their life. Just, just I pray you would be with them and help them to, um, to work through that and help them to get at a, a place of peacefulness and, and mindfulness uh, in their hearts. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. As I'm praying, I'm, I'm reminded and just... Uh, there, there is anxiety that I just need to be a little more mindful and I need to pray and, you know, I need to do some things. There's that types of anxiety. There's also anxiety that can get debilitating in our life sometimes and it can get to the point where I got to have some help. There's no shame in reaching out for help. So, there, you know, this is not don't just take a pray and it'll go away approach. Pray. But there's also no shame in calling out to a pastor or a Christian counselor or a therapist. And, and we have those people here at, at Murray Hill. So if you ever need a counseling reference or appointment, uh, just call the church office or email us and we'll be happy to connect you. So Scott, back there somewhere, Scott's a licensed counselor, Abby's a licensed counselor. She sees people right in that room right behind us there. And uh, we're referring people to them all the time. And they've also got referrals if you don't want to talk to somebody here locally. And like, I'd rather go to Nashville or something. So please take advantage of that if you need that. All right. Uh, next week, next week. Speaking of, Scott is preaching, so Scott's handing off worship next week, and he's going to step into the uh, the pulpit. We don't have a pulpit, but you know what I'm talking about. So uh, he's going to preach next week as we continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount, and then the week after that, Ebony's going to be preaching, and then the week after that is Father's Day, and we got a big party planned for Father's Day. Uh, I don't even know all the details. I just knew I was supposed to mention it, and so I just mentioned it. So we'll fill in the details, but we're going to have a big cookout, picnic type thing, catered. I don't know exactly what's going on, but uh, just mark it on your, and it's way too, that's way too far down the road to even know what's going on in your lives right now too, right? So just be thinking about Father's Day. Don't plan any big meals. We're going to take care of it for you on Father's Day, all right? Um, that's all I got today, and, and I, I tried not to take too much time, but I took just about all of it. So uh, you still got some time to greet and say hello to one another before you head out of here. But thanks for being here today. Have a great weekend, great Memorial Day, and we'll see you next Sunday. If you are encouraged by today's talk, feel free to share it with your friends. Please also consider rating and subscribing on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please visit us online at murrayhills.com.